Yo, yo, and yo. What's on your mind, Rain? Everything. Everything. I hear somebody upstairs fussing right now. (laughs) What's on her mind is what I want to (laughs) know. Oh, boy. Somebody better do something because she is not having it. No, she ain't having it. Oh, yeah. Now she's trying to talk, too. Mm. She's punching out syllables. Do you remember um do you know do you know Tanya? Tanya from, from if we talk about the same Tanya, yeah. Last night start with a T. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. I saw her yesterday. Uh-huh. How is she? Oh, she's going good. Good, good. She's doing good. All right, so you said everything, but you haven't said a single thing about what's on your mind. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So I'm going to tell you what's on mind. Okay. It took took the Republicans 22 days and four freaking representatives before they finally picked a Trump supporter. Great leadership, right? And he's serious about his, uh, his, his. Well, I guess his beliefs, his, his format, whatever you want to call it, uh, his platform, if you will. He's he's serious about it. Um, so something they said about him. Uh, I can't recall at the moment, but the other one, Jim Jordan, who was the first, I think, the second after Scalise. They said he's been in office for 16 years and has never legislated a damn thing. Yet these are the people that we vote and put into office. And also, for those who don't vote Louisiana, these are the people who we don't vote for and yet still put in office. Mm. Um, The Saints are at four and four. If they win next week, they'll be at five and four. Once they're above 500, I'll start watching again. Up until that time, I ain't. <clears throat> World Series is tied 1-1. One, one. And they're about, to, they're about to get into um, kickoff right now, as a matter of fact. First, it was, no, it's probably going on right now, now that I think about it. And the other thing that's on my mind, rain, it is here. It's going to rain. My baby, my first novel. A ch- it's about a church, playing church, coming soon to a church near you, if it ain't already there. <laughs> Pastor by the Reverend James Slick Jones. And ladies and gentlemen, with that being said, welcome to the gospel truth. No bullshit. I have my sister Rain on the line with, with me, kicking it live. Our brother Antonio was unable to make it this evening. I think he's shooting some hoops with his sons. Let me put that in there. I don't want people to think he's being irresponsible. And I am 
R. Major, now officially published author. All right, now. So how does it feel? I'm excited and nervous at the same time. Excited and nervous at the same time. You know, criticism can can be good. Criticism can be cruel. Mm -hmm. So is that what you're nervous about, getting the negative criticism? Um, no, not really. I think I think I'm more nervous about where where is she gonna go, where where can she go, and I okay. gotta I gotta do a lot of the leg work for the promoting part of it, so I have okay. to jump on that part. And uh, for the, for our listeners, the cover was done by our sister Rain, so I yes. have to thank yes, she did the cover. And which, and not only did she do the cover, she did it. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Specific to my specifics, my specifications. Thank you. That's what I was looking. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> you did it literally to my specifications. When I saw it, I almost cried. I have to be honest with you. But then I have to be honest with again. I always get emotional when I start talking about this. So <laughs> I, <have> to, <laughs> I always get emotional. So, but yeah, when I saw it, I almost cried because it literally was what I wanted. Literally, exactly how I envisioned it, right? Because there's, there's, I had several cover ideas in my head. One cover idea, um, pastor, the pastor's in the pulpit, and on in one hand he's holding the Bible, and another hand he's holding a wine bottle and a CD, a Luther Vandross CD. Um, mm. Another idea I had: there's a shadowy figure that's leaving out of the church. And he's walking, and as he's walking, it's starting to rain. <clears throat> and then uh, I had this idea here, where there's it's dark, and there's these church steeples, and it's lightning. It's it's about to come down. It's about to come down. And when that that was the vision I gave you, and you know you gave me a couple of ideas. This was the one. This when I saw it, I said, "This is it." Period. I said, mm-hmm. and it was almost like it was just it just came alive. And this is this is where I guess some people may think of me a foolish. Um, for me, when uh, when I envisioned it and then started writing it, from the moment I started writing it, to me it was a movie or a TV series, even even if it's a sitcom. That's what I I could see it. I could see it evolving evolving to all three, really. So, but again, <clears throat> you know, you always think highly of your children. And you should. <laughs> so, I mean, you, yeah, absolutely you always think should. highly of your children. Yeah, you absolutely should. I mean, just put it in the universe. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. if that's where you want it to go, then that's where it needs to go, you know? And if you can see it, you know, like, um, like I have a friend who's a writer, um, also a writer, um, mm-hmm. and you know, people used to say the same thing about him. So he started a YouTube series, um, and he's done a couple YouTube th- series. Um, he's Letters to Sam. Um, I'm trying to think of the name of the first one, but he has about three different YouTube series that he's done, and they're really good. Um, so it's very interesting because he started out with his first book, um, Pretty Round Eyes, and then um, he saw the vision, and he was like, okay, I'm going to turn, you know, I'm going to do um, these YouTube series and things like that. So you never mm-hmm. know the segue, right? So you, if you see it and you believe in yourself, like your mm-hmm. fellow Sag, 
make it happen. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, I really feel like it's nothing to it but to do it. You know what I'm saying? Because if God right. placed something in you, um, he also, you know, he tells us that our gifts will make room for us. And when mm-hmm. we um, when we really use our gifts um, the way that they're intended to be used or whatever, it's nothing that we can't do. And you just got to have a little faith that it can happen. So if you can see the movie, if you can see the um the television series or sitcom burst out of it or what have you, mm-hmm. who's the say that it can be? Put the book in the right, right hands. Put right. it in the right hands. And if you can't put it in the right hands, make it happen for yourself. And then somebody, you'll pick it up when they see, you know, what you are, were able to produce. So I'm telling you, gotcha. you can do it. You can do it. I'm going to be your cheerleader because, you know, when people say it. stuff, you know me, I'm going to go get it. <laughs> I love for people to tell me I can't do something. Like, okay, let me mm-hmm. tell you. <laughs> so, no, no, well, you did that. You did that. Yeah. And, I mean, literally from the, the title to the, the church steeples to the doggone lightning bolts, you did it. Mm-hmm. You did yeah. it. So. And just think, um, when I did my first book, I hated the cover. Like, some, I paid somebody really? to help me do my cover. Oh, yeah, I hated mm-hmm. the cover. And um, I was like, ugh, you know. So when I redesigned the cover, like, when I, so I taught myself, I'm like, I'm going to learn how to make covers because I'm, I need to see what I want to see birth out the way that I want to birth it out. And this is before they had fiber and all these other platforms where, you know, you, you can get, like, better talent and stuff like that. So right. now um, I'm like, I don't have to pay anybody for these little things. I can go. I can see it. I have, I know how to use these different tools to make it happen. And so I pay for access to what I want so that I can create how I want. And, again, that's a new gift that I've inherited, and it has afforded me, you know, now I make other people's covers for them. Now I edit people's books for them, and I get paid for it. So, again, my gift is making room for me to get to the bag again. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, ain't it wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that. And I'm telling you, too many people give their gifts away for free. Too many people. They, They help people, help people, help people, help people. And if they mm-hmm. take the gift that God gave them and monetize it, they don't even realize the gift that God gave you is not always for you to just share willy-nilly with the world. Sometimes mm-hmm. God gives you stuff because your wealth is in that. You know, your wealth is attached mm-hmm. to that. Your financial freedom is attached to that. Your separation from your job is attached to that. You know, um, you people, you just got to see it, you know what I'm saying, and believe that you can do it. But people get so comfortable with, and, you know, living that fear factor, because I think you and I talked mm, about this, that fear, yes, what did. fear can yes, cause a person to do. And mm-hmm. it's, it's so true. Like, just being afraid to step out on faith, being afraid to take that leap of faith, you know, will keep people in a box, and they'll just never know where they can go. But I know, like, sometimes gifting, have, you know, like, um, gifting and planning have an expiration date. So if you don't do it or capture the idea in the right time, somebody else will. Yes, my well. daddy ain't listened to me when I told him about car shield. Like they have car shield now, but that was my idea fifteen oh, years ago. I told my dad that. Yes, yeah. I told my dad that fifteen years ago. And then when I got my first letter from car shield, I said, "Ain't this about us?" <laughs> I said, "Daddy, I oh, put it in the universe, and somebody picked it up." <laughs> But I didn't have the gift to do it. You know, I wasn't a mechanic. So 
But I was telling him, I was like, this could be a way for you to make some money, you know, um, and that idea could have been sold to Car Shield and he could have, you know, really did big things. But I'm telling you, mm-hmm. if you have it in your heart to do it, make it happen. I believe in you. I appreciate it. I really do. Thank you. <clears throat> and one of the things, Steve Harvey has talked about this a few times. It you have It's a faith walk. Mm-hmm. It, it is, is literally a faith walk because you don't have any clue as to what's going to happen. But one of the things I do realize, and you've already alluded to it, if you do nothing, nothing will happen. Yeah. That, that, is, that is for sure. Nothing will happen if you do nothing. And it, it's funny. I was, this is how it actually all came about. I used to complain about uh, different things with the church. And I was like, mm-hmm. I used to tell my mom all the time, I'm going to write a, write a book one day. And so she said, uh, you need to go ahead and do that. Then, then I'd be complaining to my wife about church. And I, told, I would tell her the same thing. <clears throat> I said, I'm going to write a book about it one day. And she dared me. She gave me her iPad. She had purchased, um, what was it? Uh, it's an app. Um, Damn, no, I can't think of the damn damn app. Mm. Uh, give me a second, I'm sorry. On uh iPad, right? This is app that you can basically create on, right? Mm-hmm. And she gave me she had bought the at the time you had to buy the app. Now it comes preloaded on your um device. Okay. So she, she bought it, it was ten dollars. She gave me her iPad and she said, "Here, go write your book." And I pages. know what you're talking That's what about. It's called, pages. Yeah, I, as I said, I know what you're talking about because I had a homeboy write his book in that. He wrote Sonder in that. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. And I literally, I was, um, I was sitting in the doctor's office waiting for her. And when I literally I didn't have a keypad, uh, you know, uh, a keyboard mm-hmm. to type on, so I'm literally mm-hmm. typing on a virtual keyboard that's on the iPad. Right, <laughs> trying to write, sitting in its office. When she comes out, I'm. I need her to go back in because now I'm flowing. I'm literally flowing. And when I tell mm-hmm. you that thing, I didn't want to stop. She had to drive home that day because I I had more to write, and it just went from mm-hmm. there. And here was the interesting thing about the whole project, which I did not expect. It was therapeutic. My mm-hmm. anger, my frustration, uh, my passivity, if you will it started going away. And that's that's the part I didn't expect. I didn't know that was going to happen. Only thing I knew was all of the stuff that I hear about, all these things that tick me off, I'm just going to write about it and put it put it on um put it put it out there. That's that was my intent. And so these characters just started coming to me. You know where these characters came from? Church. The church. <laughs> <laughs> yep, they came from church. They came from church. So, oh boy. And it just just flowed from there. Yeah, it's so interesting, um, you know, how our experiences can drive our storytelling, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, writing is, like, I think writing is so freeing. Like, people do not understand how therapeutic writing is. So I tell a lot of my counseling clients to really get into journaling, and they don't understand in the beginning, you know, and, until they actually make time for it. And then they yeah. just realize that they're releasing all these emotions, all these feelings on the pages. And 
Um, even when they're like, I'm like, if you have a bad day at work, come home and journal about it. Right. And they sit mm-hmm. down and they write and then they, um, start just, it's like, they're just releasing all this anger and stuff on the pages and stuff. And it's just like, even, uh, it's almost like having a conversation. It's like, you feel better when you talk about something, when you can't talk about it and you journal it or you put it on paper, it's still a release. It's, uh, it's equal to the release of having, um, articulated it to someone's ear, you know, from your mouth. You're just mm-hmm. putting it on paper, you know. And another thing I like about um, journaling, like I like to write like my dreams, my goals, or what I'm going to do on paper, put it in a book. I'm a pen and paper mm-hmm. girl still. Like, you know, I know we have tablets, all this technology and all this other stuff. I put mm-hmm. notes and stuff in my phone, but I would still come home and write it in my book or my pen and paper because if the technology fails, the paper in the book is still here. I have, like, a composition notebook that I used to keep notes in from, like, maybe 13, 14 years ago. And, mm-hmm. like, I used to write prayers in there, and I would cut out – it was almost like a scrapbook type thing. I would cut out pictures of, like, the house that I wanted, the kind of car I wanted to drive, um, the business that I wanted to have. And so everything that I've written about in that particular um, composition notebook has come to pass, you know, and so now it's a point of reflection. Like, I remember when I didn't have that. I can look and see what I was going through at that time. And then, you know, sometimes you're in a struggle, right, and you're going through some stuff, and you don't even realize, like, you're in, like, you may not even realize that you're in the season of a manifestation of a prayer from years ago that you planted. And so it's working itself and ironing itself out now. And so I'm able to go back and look in those books and say, Dad, I prayed for this such and such amount of time ago, and now I'm going through all this storm right now and about to come out on the other side, landing right there. Mm-hmm. So it's a beautiful thing to have stuff written down and to be able to go back and reflect and to um, be able to take your life experiences and create stories and, um, and just, you know, come up with these great things that, again, allow you to monetize and <laughs> 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 do some good Oh my God, she is the bad. She is the bad queen. <laughs> she is the bad queen, ladies and gentlemen. She don't play when it comes to that bag. You heard me? Oh, no, boy. no, no. Absolutely. Now, here's what I here's what I used to do, and uh, as far as pen and paper, when it came to writing songs and poetry, right, which I've been doing since I was a child, um, that I always put to pen and paper. But I never thought of it as therapy. I never thought of it as anything. I, I guess in a way, I was um, writing my albums, I guess, in a way. That's what I was doing, mm. right? That's what I was okay. doing. I was envisioning, I was preparing. I said, by the time I get to the point where I have a record deal, I want to have an album all ready to go, right? And I just have to pick what songs I'm going to put on it. And so whenever I was writing a song, pen and paper was the best thing, right? Because, of course, at that time, you know, while I was a kid growing up, we didn't have this technology. But when it came to writing this, um, <clears throat> here's, here's, okay, let me give you the lowdown of what happened. I was the pianist at my church back home in New Orleans. It was my pastor's anniversary, so it was like the third Sunday in July. I just don't remember the year. Mm-hmm. And... On pastor's anniversary, the pastor doesn't sit up in the pulpit. He comes down. Strangely enough, he always comes down and sits next to me and where I am at the piano, right? He and first lady. 
so what happens is, uh, you know, you have guest speakers, and people want to get up and say something. One of the deacons got up and spoke, right? And he was talking about somebody being at work, like on a, at a construction job, but they weren't working. And he, mm-hmm. so he would say, as he's telling the story, he said, the boss think I'm working, but I ain't. The boss think I'm working, but I ain't. And he go on, he tells the story. And somewhere in the midst of his story, that man said, the book of Genesis. Now, where I'm sitting, I'm sitting in front of the congregation. I'm not mm-hmm. facing the congregation. My side, my side profile is to the congregation. But I'm, and also, too, I'm elevated. They had the piano, like, up on a platform. The organ and piano were up on a platform so everyone can see. So when he says the book of Genesis, I almost lost it. And, but I can't lose it because everybody will see me and the pastor sitting right next to me, right? So I just put my head down, and I tried not to shake my head. And I'm like, I can't believe this man just said the book of Genesis. And he's a deacon. So that's when, it, <laughs> that's when it hit me. And it came to me as a play, right? But all up until this point, the only thing I've ever written is songs and poems. I've never written anything else other than that. So I had a friend who was a journalist. She was a journalist major. And so she was actually into stage production as well. She worked with the um, stage production department at state, well, in the drama department at her uh, school she was attending. UNO. And so I asked her to help me write this play. I told her what my idea was. And so she said, yeah. So my whole idea was I'm going to write this play. It's going to be called It's Going to Rain. It's going to be about the uh, pastor cheating around, with, messing around with women in the church, and the, the first lady, because she's being cheated on by, by the husband, by her pastor, she starts sleeping around with different young boys in the church. And then there's going to be this boy that's going to come in and oh, play the role of an angel. Yes, <laughs> yes. This is how it all came to me but we never got together to write it. So um, now fast forward, I'm living here in, in Georgia, and I just hear about different things happening. Heard about a church in North Carolina where they charge admission, right, for you to come in and sit down and uh, partake in the service. Yes, yes, they charge admission. Uh, heard about a pastor here talking about his wife in, in a thong that she was wearing. And how sexy she is, right? And oh, one of the deacons, one of the deacons passed out. So, uh, I would have passed another, out beside him. <laughs> heard another story about um, the there was a woman. It was during Bible class, and it was she was actually his personal assist, the pastor's personal assistant. She jumps up during Bible class and says, "I can't hold it no more, Pastor. I'm having your baby." And they still. Kept him as pastor. Oh, my goodness. I heard, and it, so I'm just hearing all of these different stories. I'm like, this is ridiculous. And this is supposed to be the Lord's house. Really? And and then from there, it just so it evolved from a play to into this, what it is now. So, it, but I just didn't, I didn't think I could do it. And that's why it took so long. I just, I didn't really think I could do it. But I kept on, and when my wife, when she when she challenges me to something, she doesn't think I can do it either. So now I got to do it to prove her wrong. So <laughs> <laughs> that's I how I am. I think she knows. 
I think she know that she um that you think that she think that you can't do it, but she really know that you can do it. So she pushed your button because she know that's what's gonna drive you to get it done. Maybe so. Maybe so. I think that's what it is. Maybe so. You know we gotta help any way we can. Oh, is that what it is? Is that why y'all that's so cool with criticism? Oh, okay. That's why y'all <laughs> so cool with criticism. Okay, gotcha. We're not cruel. We're just honest. <laughs> you know what? It's so funny oh, because um, it's so funny because um, I realized the other day that mm-hmm. even when you're telling the truth to people, sometimes yeah. you gotta like dumb it down for certain people and polish it up. I, um, <laughs> what do you mean? I, what do you mean? This real, real life situation happened to me. Um, mm-hmm. I hurt somebody's feelings the other day. Mm-hmm. completely unintentionally, right? Did not think that what I said was going to, you know, make this person feel disrespected or anything because that was definitely not my intention. But, right. um, you know, the person asked me a question. They asked me if someone was finished doing something. And we were standing together. And I was like, um, I don't know. I'm standing right here with you. And the person was upset with me felt disrespected, and I was like, I just told the truth. Like, what is happening right now? Right. So I was like, even then. In other words, what you're saying is, I know as much as you do. I don't know anything. Yeah, and Mm -hmm. it was like, we literally, it was like we're standing there literally face-to-face with each other. And you asked me a question about somebody else, and I'm literally standing here, like, looking at you. (laughs) <laughs> and helping you with something. And I I don't know the answer to your question. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm right here with you. And it's just like, it was it blew the person away. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And I had to really, like, self-reflect and think about it because I'm like, okay, other people's perception is their reality. So if this person feels disrespected, I have to humble myself. I have to apologize. I have to let them know that wasn't my intent. I was just mm-hmm. telling the truth. But I had to realize that, you know, people say they want you to talk to them and tell them the truth and stuff like that, but people mm-hmm. don't really want the truth. They want truth with some sugar and some butter on it. <laughs> well, I think we're going to disagree. I don't think they want truth with butter and sugar. I think they want to hear you don't what think they, they want, want it at all? Yeah, <laughs> they want to hear what they want to hear that's going to make them feel good. That's what they want to hear. So, they, so in essence, we want to be lied to. Where's Trump? I believe that's for most people. I believe that's true for most people. <laughs> mhm. Lie to me. <clears throat> so, you know, like, you, and I'm. Uh, I, I don't, I don't think I've ever gotten them. this question. I've never gotten this question. Do I look fat in this dress, honey? I've never gotten that question from my wife. But here's a question I do get from time to time. Um, mm-hmm. How do you think this looks? You know, you think it's work appropriate? So my answer is always this, because I ain't about to get in trouble. If you have to question it, there's your answer. Mm-hmm. I agree with so. that. I was about to say the same thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. If you question it, there's your answer. Yeah. And that's my rule of thumb. If I have to second guess it, I'm going to take it off. Right. <clears throat> I got a question for you about the church. Sure. Why? Because you said this when you were talking. Mm-hmm. Why do black churches 
called the pastor's wife the first lady. Where does that come from? Oh, I can't answer that. I have to look that up. I mean, that's just the way it's always been, to my knowledge. Um, have you ever wondered about that? Mm, no, not really. Like, uh, I guess you just, and the reason I guess I I've never questioned it is because, you know, you just conditioned to it. He's the pastor. You know, he's revered. And, you know, we refer to the, the president of the United States, refer to his wife as first lady. So I guess, you know, he's the pastor of the church. He's a little bit more important. We hold him in high esteem as well. So, and this is all, I'm just thinking about this as I thought you were asking something much more difficult because I honestly don't know the answer, <laughs> but we just do. It's like uh, the mother of the church. The mother of the church where I came from was, act I think she was actually declared the mother of the church simply because she was the oldest woman in the church. Now, she was actually married to one of the associate ministers as well, and he passed uh, He passed before she did. But, um, you know, we acknowledge her as the mother of the church, I think, just because she was the oldest woman there. Well, we, oh. we um, I can respect the mothers <clears throat> of the church because typically they are the elderly women in the church, and mm -hmm. we are supposed to learn from, you know, the young Women are supposed to learn from the elderly. So mm -hmm. I can respect, you know, them calling them the mother of the church. I still don't get right. why we call the pastor's wife the first lady. Mm -hmm. uh, so you I'm know definitely going to do some research on that since you don't know. <laughs> yeah, we can always, you know me, I'll ask. I'll just ask a pastor. I got one little couple of houses down from me. I'll, I'll ask him. And he's probably going to say that's tradition. He don't know either. <laughs> you might be right. You might be right. I think we really need to dive more into some of these traditions and customs that we have in the churches and find out where their roots lie. What's the well, foundation wait. for them? I mean, let's, let's not mess up the tradition. Let's not mess up the tradition. Shoot. Might mess up the next book. Shoot. Oh, well, everybody, needs a, everybody needs a title. <laughs> Everybody needs a title. So, I mean, your gay community, don't they use pronouns now? I don't know what they use. So, I mean, everybody needs a title. That's all I'm saying. So, well, you know, the, the pastor's wife, she doesn't want to feel left out, so we're going to call her the first lady. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, let's see. I'm going to look it up. <laughs> Let's look it up. I'm typing. I'm over here typing. Why are you talking? <laughs> <laughs> I need to know, R Major. I need to know. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. And Let me know what you find. It's kind of crazy because um, a couple weeks back I was um, – reading about this crazy lady who um attacked this woman mm -hmm. she's attacked the first lady she um Noel Jones's wife she attacked Noel jo Noel Jones's wife and went on TikTok on a rant about it was ranting about it like this thing. But Lord have mercy. Okay. It says the practice of calling the wife of an elder. Oh, and I'm on God's question. This mm -hmm. is a, a that I do a lot in Bible study. 
Um, but it says the practice of calling the wife of an elder of a local church first lady or first lady of the church or for short lady first or lady, whatever her last name is, does not come from the Bible. No precedent for it can be found in God's word. And the practice is, in fact, anti, anti, uh-oh, antithetical to such principles of servanthood and impartiality among followers of Christ. First, there are no instructions in God's word on conferring the, conferring the title First Lady on anyone. Um, there is no physical role of First Lady in the local church. In Ephesians 4, 11, um, 13, Paul lists um, the very that were established by Christ for the purpose of the church attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ, not once in the office or title of Um The passage does not even mention a pastor's wife. Those offices are listed as apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, and are not titles but offices um, of function. Second, there's mm-hmm. first lady among the various honorable women. Um, of God in Scripture, either Old or New Testament. For example, Noah's wife was never consulted by God regarding the building of the ark. Sarah did not um, accompany Abraham when he went to offer up his um, only begotten son to God, to the Lord. Um, Moses' mm-hmm. wife um, out of Israel out of Egypt, or give the Ten Commandments at Baal, even though she proved. Her great integrity and loyalty was never referred to by a title other than David's wife, and it goes on and on and on. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, um, I think it's no wait, I'm sorry, you sound a little bit muffled. I'm sorry. Oh no, so I definitely think it's something that was kind of created out of tradition by somebody. I mm-hmm. need to, because I want now, to know where. It comes but from. here's what you did. Here's what you did. You said you just gave some prominent names, some prominent figures, right, out of the mm-hmm. Bible, and mm-hmm. their wives were not referenced, their wives were not mentioned, their wives were not uh, anywhere in the picture, right? Well, their wives we kn- were in the picture because Sarah was, you know, Sarah was called by her name, Sarah. She just mm-hmm. wasn't called first yeah. Sarah. Right. Um, but also, oh, I know, what I, I know what you said. All these people that you just mentioned? None of them were pastors. Noah wasn't a pastor. <laughs> Abraham wasn't a pastor. Moses was not a pastor. Were they called? They were all yeah, they prophets were of God, though. Okay, but they ain't had no church. So you got to have a church. <laughs> you got to have a church. You got to have a church. And your name got to be the pastor. And then you can have first lady. Right? Then you can have, if, provided you're married. You can be first lady. And now what they're also referring to as first ladies is co-pastor. Mm. So. Well, I know some women that are not pastors. Normally when I see this title used in a church, it's the mm-hmm. pastor's wife and she is not a pastor herself. So she's not a co-pastor. She doesn't have a official office or title for, like, service in the church. Well, we got to get her one. We gotta get a one, and that's <laughs> so and that's what term. So she, bam, first lady. And I'm as I'm reading this article, I'm uh-huh. seeing that some of the pastors' children are called first son or first daughter. Well, yeah, because they got and, roles too. 
You know, they say, but God's church is not a family dynasty. (laughs) (laughs) Church are not heads of state. (sighs) Amen. (laughs) Okay. Again, see, see, I'm gonna bring you back to you. We've been taught church wrong. (laughs) Okay, we've been taught church wrong. Who said that? You. And you know what? I completely agree. I completely agree. This is just another example. But I did make sure that my first lady has a title. I made sure she has a title. And it's more than just first lady. <laughs> I could not wait to She is more than just a first lady. So she got a title. <clears throat> I can I'm telling you, I cannot wait to read this book. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I really How many do. It's not long. You, you know, if you're an avid reader, you'll probably finish it in a couple of days at the max. How many pages? Hundred, hundred and thirty, I believe. Oh, I finished that in a day. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, hundred and thirty. So it's not long. Yeah, I'm ordering yeah, I, it I tonight. It was, I, I was actually, I actually thought it was gonna be longer than what it was, but um, I guess I don't know what it was. I guess you know what I think it is. I can. I think if I was starting to write it today. I would write it differently than what I did, and it might be longer. I'll just give you an example, a couple of authors I love. Um, Quan, Walter Mosley, James Patterson, and uh, I want to say Stephen King because here's the, the one thing they all have in common. They okay. give you a lot of detail about certain characters about certain people or, mm-hmm. or events and they'll go into mm-hmm. they'll go into a lot of detail about this particular person or an event. Quan is very good with that. Quan is very good with yeah. that. It almost seems like every time he introduces a new character, he gotta tell you what this brother or sister is about. Yeah. And he will give you the whole background. Yeah, he give you he gives you the whole background to him. And I don't necessarily I didn't necessarily give a lot of detail with all of my characters. And some okay. of it was done on purpose. Some of it was done on purpose. Some of it was due to inexperience, if I'm going to be honest. <clears throat> okay. So today, if I was starting to write it today, it would be different. It would definitely be different. Well, so, but you can um, revise it. And do it second it, it, I, I, I've thought of possible sequel, I've thought of a revision, I've also thought of spin-offs. Because I got um I got a dance crew up in there. Um I have let me see what else. So I don't think I have any gangsters. But I do have old folk. I love my old folk. You I gotta have old, old folk. folk. Yeah, gotta have and old so folk. So the in good church. thing about old folk, old folk can say whatever they want to say and can't nobody <laughs> do nothing about it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> my old but church you know, uh the uh, uh-huh. the man that owned the church, he is like I think Reverend Moses is like ninety four now, but he okay. still drives the church. And we was we had this dance ministry. This lady come in and she was dancing with fire in the ball, right? And yes. the church is packed. Reverend Moses got up in the back for the back of the church and walked up to told the lady while she was dancing, say, "Put that fire out for you burn this house of God down. Put it out now!" <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Oh my, <laughs> oh my god! Who is crazy? Oh my god! That's the beauty of old folk. <laughs> mhm. 
they get to see whatever they want. I remember there was this um, there was this one man in the church. He used to get up and he would sing. Um, oh, every first Sunday you got testimony, right? What we called it as kids, we called it um, telling your determination. So we had these memorized, we had this whole memorized quote that we had to say as kids, right? Uh, my name is Rod, and uh, I want to make heaven my home, and my determination is such and such and such. We had to do this every first Sunday. This one man would get up, and you knew what he was going to do before you started doing it, and he starts singing, right? And you don't know what the Lord has done for me, right? And he would get up, and he would keep on singing, and he would say, you don't know because you weren't there. You don't know when, hey, you don't know where. And we, I'm like, okay, I didn't even know he could sing because he didn't sing in the choir or anything, right? Then he gets up mm-hmm. and he tells the exact same testimony he just told the 11 previous months. <laughs> <laughs> so I, and you, I love it. I love it. Uh, you have your, your deacons. This is just, I mean, I don't know if this goes on in every Baptist church, but in my Baptist church where I grew up, <laughs> this is how I went down. Um, 11 o'clock service always starts off with devotion, with the deacons starting off the service, right? And mm-hmm. they'll start off with a song. The whole congregation joins in. And at this point, the, the crowd starts building up, right? Right at 11 o'clock and, like, 11 to 11.15, that's when the crowd is building up. Then you have the right. choir entrance and everything. So <clears throat> when you see this stuff every single Sunday, it just becomes embedded in you. So it's... um some great memories and then some funny ones but ain't nothing like the old people nothing like the old people because like uh, there was this somebody will be praying right and out of the out of the blue mm-hmm. out of nowhere uh okay i don't i don't want to imitate a prayer but somebody will be praying and all of a sudden you hear somebody just start singing oh lord just like that and then all of a sudden everybody else starts joining in while the man is still praying <clears throat> but the scariest part, Rain, mm-hmm. when they catch the spirit, when everybody starts falling out, mm-hmm. there was this one man. Huh? Why is that scary? Because I'm wondering, I'm wondering what's going on. Uh, keep in mind, I'm giving you the perspective of a child, right? Okay, you were so, kid then. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So everybody falling out, and I'm looking all around. I used to wonder, how come this ain't happening to me, <laughs> right? <laughs> then I'm like, I'm glad it ain't happening to me. <laughs> so everybody falling out. Looks like the whole was, church having a seizure. <laughs> yes, yes. There would be this one man, this one guest minister that would come over to the church, and thank God he only came like once or twice, or at least maybe that's the only time I saw him. And when he came, I always look for the exit because I know as soon as he gets up, everybody's going to fall out. Everybody gonna fall out, and see the oh, scary wow. part when everybody will fall out. We somebody would die that week. Every time. What? Yes, every time we have what we call it, I guess, a spirit field service. <clears throat> we'd have a funeral, start making funeral arrangements the next week because somebody gonna die that week. Never fail. My lord, my lord. I don't yeah, know if that's the Holy Spirit. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm telling you, every time, every time, scary. Yeah, that I ain't gonna lie, I cried a couple of times, but I ain't never fell out. 
So, and you, so you see all of this stuff, and it's just like, wow. But here's the trip part. The same people that catch the spirits, the same people that are there every Sunday, the mm-hmm. same people who are going to start mess. They're the yeah. same people who keep up confusion. It was this one man. I don't, I don't know what he looks like because I never saw him. He never, he, I think he was on the sick and shut-in list, right? But every single week I would hear this man complaining about something to somebody. Or he's calling, calling my house, fussing with my grandmother because my grandmother was a church clerk. He's fussing with my grandmother about money. <clears throat> and he, they would go at it. And, you know, as a child, you're always told, stay in a child's place. Um, right. Don't you repeat nothing that come out of this house. Don't you say right. it. Don't you um, jump in anybody's conversation. But still, yeah, as a I child, you still get, you still get, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, you still form opinions. You're still a yeah, human being, you know, and you're like, I don't like this nigga right here. That's what you're thinking. You can't say it, but that's what you think. Right. Right. right? I, I don't know what he looked like, but I don't like him. And you have all of these characters that just come out of the woodwork. There was this one lady. I don't know how she did it. Every Sunday she caught the spirit, right? And when she catches the spirit, she would do one of two things. Either she would dance, and she would dance with her eyes closed, but she would never bump into anything or anybody and see where she was. She was on the deaconess board. And so the funny thing is the drums are actually on the floor. Remember I told you the organ and the piano are up on a platform, but the drums yeah. are on the floor. She never hit the drums. She never hit the podium. <clears throat> she never ran into the piano, never ran into the organ, never ran into any of the benches, never ran into a, a person. They even formed a circle around her from time to time. She never hit anybody in the circle. Never. Mm-hmm. I caught her one mm-hmm. day. She would open her eyes. She would open her eyes just to take a peek to see where she was. Oh my god. Is and I fell out laughing when I found that out. I'm like, you see all of these things. And then remember I was telling I was telling you about the uh, the deacons praying. So mm-hmm. where I where I grew up on the second bench. I sat on the second bench, me and this other guy, um his name was Corey. We grew up on the second bench. On that second bench, you were in a perfect position to see everything because we were sitting right, we were two benches from the deacons. The deaconess sat across from them, and then you, you're right there in front of the pastor and the pulpit. So you can see everything going on. The choir sits behind the pastor. You can see everything going on. And it was just so funny. You know, you knew what the deacon was going to say when he got ready to pray. You could actually recite his prayer along with him. Every Sunday. What if we say the same thing every week? Every Sunday. Mm. Every Sunday. And so, so every Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So when when it came to when it came to that Sunday when that deacon got up and said the Book of Genesis, I was done. I was done. And now now I'm fast forwarding because at this point now I'm in adulthood. And I'm sitting mm-hmm. there, and I'm like, the who? And I have to put my head down, Rain. I have to put my head down. Rod, please, mm-hmm. please, Rod. Please, Rod, don't start laughing. And, Rod, you can't get up. <laughs> Not right now. You can't get up. You got to wait. <laughs> right? <laughs> I the pastor sit right. I'm, I'm seriously, I'm talking to myself. Rod, whatever you do, don't bust out laughing. 
because everybody's going to see you and wonder what in the world's going on. But from it was that exact moment, it's going to rain was uh, starting to formulate right in my head. And my oh. plan was to use the, uh, the, the youth department as my, as my cast. So I was going to use the oh. pastor's son. He was going to be the devil. I was going to use another girl as the pastor's wife. I don't know who the pastor was, was going to be. I had, I had a soundtrack together and everything. Wow. It was, yes. It, it was on and popping. It was <laughs> on and popping. It still might be. <laughs> you might got to find a new cast, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, got like Jennifer, I got Jennifer Lewis in my head. Um, she's in there. I can see I got, her in there. Yeah. <laughs> I got her in my head. I don't know who I would have for my old people, though. I don't know who mm. I would have for my old people, but yet yeah, definitely have her. Because mm. there were even certain, you know, my favorite character, the devil. Only because, oh. only because the villains are the easiest people to write for, because they have no limitations. They have no limit. They can do whatever they want. There are no rules for them. Everybody else what? has rules to follow. Everyone else yeah. has rules to follow. <clears throat> that so. is true. Mm-hmm. The villain is always the best person, the easiest person to write for, I guess. And the other thing I had to learn was I have to become the character, right? So every time mm-hmm. I'm writing about a different character, I become that person. So right. the, when I had um, one of my characters, a, a woman in particular, it was kind of hard because of her situation how to figure her out and what did, how would she handle this? How would a woman, how would a single woman handle this particular situation? So, mm. That could have been a hundred different ways. Could have been, but not in her situation. Not in her particular situation. You'll see. You'll see what I'm talking about. I sure will. <clears throat> but at the end of the day, it just, it really became, uh, therapeutic and fun all at the same time. And it was the one, I didn't care what I was doing. If I had to set a whole Saturday aside, it wasn't work to me. It was fun. It was fun. It was literally a release. And like I said earlier, the, the number one thing I did not expect was for the therapy part. I, li- I literally feel the anger leave me. And I never thought that would happen, right? But mm-hmm. I, I could feel the anger leave. You know, the frustration leave. And now I look at a lot of these things, like just like we're laughing about it now, I laugh about it. Oh, wow. I laugh about it. Yeah, I laugh about it. And when you, when you said, when we were at the G6 Summit and you said, um, we don't, we've been taught church wrong, that made perfect uh-huh. sense to me. That made perfect sense to me. Because that's the only explanation that makes sense as to why we do the things we do in church, calling ourselves Christians. But we don't live as Christian folk or as we don't mm-hmm. live God-like. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I have to include myself in that because I've done my ish, you know, done my stupid okay. stuff, my stupid stuff. So <clears throat> when are we going to stop playing church? Yeah. And the reality is we all fall short of the glory of God, right? But, um, you know, the, you know, it, and pastors have to be very careful of this because, they're going to be held to a higher standard, you know. And so if they're teaching the gospel wrong and they're um, perverting the gospel like so many are doing, 
Um, because the, the the truth is the Bible don't need no help. You know what I'm saying? So if people can grab through the Bible and stuff like that, you don't have to invent or create um, these different pathways, right? It's it's for reproach, reproof, and to um, bring correction to the body of Christ. And so if you're teaching it wrong and you're making people, and, and that's why it's very dangerous not to study for yourself, and that's why there's so much church hurt in the world, in the world and things like that. And right. one thing about people, when they get hurt by the church, they check out. They're gone. You know, you mm-hmm. can go to McDonald's and they can mess your food up a thousand and one time and you're going to keep going back. But if the church right. hurts you one time, people, they hit that door, they don't look back, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's because people don't know how to, you know, like they don't know how to heal. They don't know how to forgive. They don't know how to give grace and things like that. And then we're not taught those things. We're taught uh, about I'm gonna money. I'm going to disagree with you. I'm going to disagree with you. I'm going to disagree with you. And here's where you, when you say. Let's go. Okay. Here's why I disagree with you. <laughs> okay. Now, you saying that we were not taught certain things, right? That may or may not be true. But here's my reason for thinking why we check out of church. When, when I think of what church is, it, or it is supposed to be, when I think of what church is supposed to be, I don't want to go to church on Sunday, the the first day or the seventh day of the week, however you want to call it. I don't want to go to that place on that day of worship and go to where I'm thinking is supposed to be my place of solitude, a place where I can take all of my burdens and place at, at my Heavenly Father's feet and depart, right? I don't want to go to this house of worship and enter, it says, enter to worship, depart to serve. I don't, you're supposed to go in one way and come out different, right? Mm-hmm. Who told I you that? I don't want to, I'm sorry? Who told, Who told you me what? To I've, seen, I've, seen that, I've seen that. I've just seen that written somewhere. You enter to worship, okay. you depart to serve, right? I know it's not okay. scripture. I know you, don't get on me. I know that's not scripture. Oh, no, no, no. I'm <clears> just curious. <throat> oh, okay. All right. I'm just trying to follow. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Um, and when you, when you go to church burdened, and you leave more burdened, my question is, why? The only place, the only place I think is acceptable as human beings for us to go in and have to deal with stress and then leave and feel stressed is work. Mm. That's the that's only acceptable? place is acceptable. I don't, I'm not, and let me, let me <laughs> I'm saying it is acceptable in this respect. You need a job. Because you need a job. You can't just, not everyone is just able to say, I'm, I'm quitting this job today and go and get another one. Or go and start with doing what they really want to do, whatever that is, right? Not everyone has the ability or even the faith to necessarily do that. So when you lack those things, you, okay, you're, 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 I don't necessarily want to say trapped, but you're, you're doing what you got to do, right? You got miles to feed at home. You got, you got a house, household to take care of. You got a car note that's due. Rent due, mortgage due, whatever the deal is, light bill, whatever the deal is, you've got to have that job. That's the bottom line. Mm-hmm. But when I, when I get up out of my bed on a Sunday morning, on my day off, to take the time to get dressed, even if I'm just wearing jeans and, and, and tennis shoes, to go to somebody's mm-hmm. building to partake in a worship service, I should not mm-hmm. leave stressed. Mm-hmm. And to get personal with you, I shouldn't go there wondering, where the hell is that at? How come he always late? Mm. And when I ask him why is he late, he chuckles at me. 
Mm. And forget, forgive my language. That's a nigga please moment. I'm sorry. I've been trying mm. not to say it, but that's a nigga please moment. <clears throat> mm. So when you, so I understand then with, especially with men, I used, to, I used to wonder this too when I was younger, why it's hard for men to stay in the church. First of mm-hmm. all, when a man goes to church, more than likely that man is submitting to the leadership of another man. Exactly. Right? So, it, mm-hmm. so it has to be someone he respects. Mm-hmm. It has exactly. to be someone he respects. And if once now, and once a man loses respect for a man of the cloth, mm-hmm. it's over. It's over. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's so, so that's where I'm coming from with that. I hear you, and I understand your perspective completely. But mm-hmm. I I feel like so. You know, we often talk we often talk about the church, right? But we're mm-hmm. the church, right? Each individual um, that accepts Christ into their heart, we are the church. We are the representation of the church. And so, um, as people, we're flawed. You know, we come with um, we come with our um, our shortcomings, our mistakes, and all those things. And so, we we are supposed to come into fellowship with each other because um, the Bible tells us in Hebrews 10 and 26 for us not to um, forsake this and the other brethren. So <clears throat> I think it's 26, 25. It's in Hebrews 10 somewhere. But, mm-hmm. you know, we're not supposed to forsake this and the other brethren, and we're supposed to come together and fellowship. And part of that process is, um, again, we're still doing church wrong, right? So we're supposed mm-hmm. to come together to bear one another's burdens so that we can um, – pray for one another, we folks confess our sins to one another, but we don't feel safe to do that because most churches don't create a safe place to do that because when you confess what's going on in your life rather than, you know, a lot of churches, and this is not all churches because, you know, there are some healthy churches out there. Unfortunately, um, we don't see as many healthy churches as we should anymore, but there are still some good healthy churches out there where you can mm-hmm. go and you can have small groups and you can make connections and you can legitimately pray um, or talk to somebody about things that you're going through and have somebody pray with you, have somebody be accountable with you and, and partner up with you and stuff like that. But we don't see that kind of fellowship really. We really see a lot of mega churches coming up now where people can kind of go in and hide. There's no intimacy. There's no connection. To your point, mm-hmm. a pastor coming into the church late um, with no um, – <clears throat> So you're looking at this person as the leader, like, what do we what do we always hear? What have we always heard through our life? Lead by example, right? So you want mm-hmm. me to follow you, but you don't want to provide me with an example. So the example that you're following, that you're showing me is that it's okay for me to come to church late. It's okay for me to show up when I feel like it. it that you're telling me you don't respect my time. You're telling me, you know, like mm-hmm. these different things or whatever. Now, I know sometimes, like, I did, like, I had, I went to a church one time where the pastor would come in, like, right when it was time to preach, but he was preaching at three different churches. Is that, like, the best idea? You know, I don't know. But <laughs> those are just, you know, things to consider. You know what I mean? You really have to right. consider that because most people commit to a church because of the leadership. And to your point, we respect the leadership. And once mm-hmm. you lose respect for that leadership or you don't feel that connection with that leadership, it it makes it puts a bad taste in your mouth, and the and the problem is, after you had that experience with the leadership, it it takes a while for you to even want to, if you at all, for you to go and even trust another leader, because mm-hmm. you've been broken in place. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> right. So those are um those are all valid valid points, and those are things that 
we see all too often in the body of Christ, and we have to get better about it. We really do have to get better about it. And I also tell people to be careful not to put pastors and stuff like that up on the pedestal because some people have a um, may have a tendency of worshiping the pastor and not worshiping God because the church is about God. It's not about that man or woman that's in leadership, although they do have a responsibility um, to do certain things and to behave certain ways and to um, go forward in things in a um, in a certain light. You know, we also have to be careful because a lot of people, they make that mistake and they put these, you know, these leaders on a pedestal and they begin to worship them and not Christ. And so when they fall short or they um, make a mistake or they do something to disappoint them or hurt them, then that, like, hurts them to their core because, again, they put them in the place of Christ. So it's a lot of um, a lot of variables to consider in these types of situations, but um, the most important thing is like if if this is our faith, we can't give up on God, and we have to um, still have to do our best to live out His word. Will we be perfect at it? No, but we should definitely be making an honest effort to do it the right way. Mm-hmm. And I think the last thing we should do is expect perfection. Oh, yeah, but we absolutely. should be, but we should be perfecting. Yeah. Right. Every day we should be perfecting our walk. Right. If I'm, and you don't have to be a pastor in order to minister somebody, minister to someone. Nor do you have to be an ordained minister in order to lead someone. Oh yeah, absolutely. Right. Your example every day is a Bible to someone. But when yeah. we, like you said, we can't look at. We shouldn't hold the pastor up in high esteem. But as you stated, also. One of the reasons why you join a church is the pastor. So why is mm-hmm. that? Because it's the, the teaching. There was something from him mm-hmm. that seemed that reached out to you, that spoke to you, that spoke to your spirit, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. you more than likely, the same reason why, why a kid chooses to go to uh, a football player decides to go to a specific university. Maybe, maybe mm-hmm. it's the coach. Maybe it's the, his best chance to get to the NFL is through playing for this particular team on, with this particular coach. It's not necessarily because he wants a degree in something. Right? Not saying he doesn't want one, but that's not his number one focus. Uh, absolutely. So, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. So, when, and so when we go there, and now we go there because of this particular pastor, that pastor, whether he, whether he realizes it or not, is held to a higher standard. And I don't – is it fair that he should be? I'm not sure on that one. But at the end of the yes. day, he is held to a higher standard. Yeah, if he accepts that role, he better know he's held to a higher standard because that's in the word. <laughs> cool, cool. All right. So, okay. So we're there. So now that once you accept that role, what do you want? Why? Why did you accept the role as pastor? Why did you accept the role as leader? Here's where here's where the confusion gets in, and some of it, some of the blame falls on both pastor and congregation. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if their blame is equal, but they both share blame, right? Pastor mm-hmm. has to understand and congregation needs to understand that a leader is a servant. They a are. leader is a servant. Is it a, I, right? I, um, let me see. It was one of the church I was, I was a member of at the time was going to celebrate another pastor's anniversary. It's on a Friday night. So the whole church didn't go. Me and the pastor had gone. And I think, I don't know if they were cousins or just real good friends. I don't remember. And got mm-hmm. a chance to sit down and talk with the pastor. He said something very interesting to me. He said, the world 
is shaped, in, you know, corporate America especially is shaped like a pyramid, right, where the leader mm-hmm. sits on top. In a church, yes, it's still a pyramid, but the pyramid is upside down, and it's mm-hmm. on the pastor's shoulders if the pastor is yep. leading correctly. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I never heard it. Yeah, I never heard it yeah. explained that way, but I loved it. And yeah. we need to understand just, and guess what? It's the same thing. We, we talk politics all the time, right? It's supposed to be the same mm-hmm. thing. Those niggas up there in, in Washington, D.C., they work for us. Mm-hmm. Not the other way exactly. around. From the person yeah. on down. They work for us. And we need to understand that and then remind them of that come voting day, come election day. Mm-hmm. We need to remind them of that, period. All right. That's my sermon for the day. that's my sermon for the day yeah I don't know Um, but I'm excited about the book I'm glad that it's finally here Um, so are you going to tell everybody how to get it oh are you going to put it on social media how we get this book Um, let the people know (laughs) you can purchase it through Amazon as uh, order it via paperback or you can order it as an ebook, and it will be downloaded straight to your Kindle. You can also order it. Uh, well, I'm sorry, not order it, but purchase it from Apple Books and read it there, and as an ebook. And you can also order it from Barnes and Noble online. I think you can order it from paperback as well, or um, as an ebook. I do not have an audiobook currently, and you know that's how I love to read. So, mm-hmm. and I do have I do have a narrator in mind. So, it's but coming, that's y'all. how it's available. Well, you know what? You say you speak it into existence. You're speaking. Yeah, it. I'm believing coming. it. And I'm going to speak it too. You heard me. So, yeah, it's ebook and paperback today, tomorrow audiobook. You heard me. Yeah, that's right. That's how we so, do it here. You know, if we ain't there yet, we coming. <laughs> amen. Yes. Oops. Amen. Yep. We coming. <laughs> that's how we do that. That's how we do that. We coming. That's right. So, but yeah, it is, it is exciting. It is, um, mm, I don't, so that's, I think nervous excitement, uh, anxious, mm-hmm. um, proud, I guess, too, mm-hmm. is the word. You oh, know, yeah. I am, Absolutely. I am proud. And, um, the, and the, the number one person I hope is proud of me is my mother. So yeah. I, I you know hope she she's proud of me. So. Yeah. Well, I enjoyed breaking word with you tonight. Yes, Lord. I miss the grouchy one, but it seems like me and the grouchy one can't get on the same schedule. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we have this to work that out. All that life has uh, life is throwing our way these days, but yeah, we'll but get he's back doing together. Good things, he's yeah. doing good things. He's working with his boys in uh, in basketball and uh, football, so he's doing he's doing you know he's doing things. good things. No, not at all. Fatherhood is not a beautiful thing. Yes, it People is. People don't even understand um, just how awesome it is to have a father involved in all those different areas of your life and mm-hmm. show up for you. That's so right. We get it. That's we right. respect it. And so we cover his butt like he cover ours. <laughs> yes. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Mm-mm. So if y'all enjoyed the um, podcast, um Definitely, definitely, definitely give us feedback. We'd love to hear from you. 
Let us know your thoughts on the episode. Let us know your topic suggestions. We really be wanting topic suggestions from y'all. Y'all really got to do better about that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Or else we just going to be sitting here talking about whatever's on our mind. Right. Send us some stuff to talk about, but I'm going to start trying to find some stuff to really get into. But, um, yeah, definitely send us some um, send us some topic suggestions. Send us um, your thoughts, um, your feedback, all that good stuff. If you're interested in breaking work with us, um, definitely send us that as well. Um, and maybe if you have – and even if you have a business or – um, a business that you would like to promote. If you have a black-owned business that you'd like to promote, you want to come on and talk about it um, and tell us about it, we'd love to interview you. Um, and, and promote you can, your business. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you can reach out to us if that's something you're interested in doing at the gospel truth, no BS at gmail.com. Again, that's the gospel truth, no BS at gmail.com. Um, the, the BS stands for no bullshit. Mm-hmm. He loved to say that, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> you can find us on um, Spotify, um, Spotify for podcasters, formerly known as Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Overcast, Stitcher, um, and probably pretty much I think at this point it's like we're all the major podcasts. I'm going to see Pandora. Yep. Can't forget yep. about Pandora. Yes, yes. Yeah, so, um, and, and if she neglected to mention um, a platform that you on that you like to listen to as your preference, don't worry, yeah. baby. We coming. We coming. We are coming. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Share us around. <laughs> tell a friend. Tell a friend. Yep. Put us on your social media. Spread that thing like mayonnaise. Yep, I like that. Like mayonnaise. We're gonna leave it at that. Yeah, you like that one? <laughs> <laughs> you got a, um anything for us? No ma'am. That's actually um my boy. Uh let me let me see if I can think of something. Um I don't know if I can think of something. Give me a second, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've been one track minded past week or so now. No, well, I, I don't some... have anything. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. Yeah, I have to always cover his butt, too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, you know what? You haven't been here in some time, so it's time for you to clean your house, God dog. I know. Go ahead. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, y'all. I nah, but no, you're right. Head. I should have had something. And I should have had something prepared. No, you're so. good. You're good. But um, so three things. One, dream big, start small, but most of all, start. Two, dare to dream, then decide to do. And three, dream it, then just make it happen. Open your mind. Open your mind. God bless. God bless.